0: Well, that's a good segue into episode 13, which is our uh, six-month anniversary. I don't know. What do we call that, uh, Cormac, you you were saying earlier?
1: I think it's the paper anniversary, and that means that people should send money. (laughs) And speaking of
2: that, we had two people this week uh, support the show and become friends of the show by going to ArcaSpeakPodcast.com slash donate and clicking the donate button and the first one is eric Jens. he's working in the architecture field he loves bees Um, i've gotten to know him a little bit on twitter and i think he interacts with all of us on there so he's he's a cool guy and and we appreciate his thank you his support yeah thanks eric and the second is enoch sears from the uh, business of architecture podcast which we were actually on the last two episodes. he split it up into a couple because there was evidently there was so much wisdom uh, thrown down on that podcast by by you two at least. Is that what
1: we're calling it? Is that Yeah, wisdom, really?
2: Okay. <laughs> and uh, so Enoch is also officially a friend of the show, at least for this week he is, and uh, everybody still has an opportunity to become a friend of the show, and uh, over the next few weeks we're going to be running this where if you go to arcuspeakpodcast.com and click on the donate link at the top we uh, we appreciate any donations five bucks and we read your name live on the podcast the following week
1: I have a question when what? is Neil going to be a friend of the show and listen to one of the old podcasts <laughs> and,
0: <laughs> <laughs> when you pay me five dollars <laughs> Neil's,
2: Neil's been there done that What's architecture really about? ArchiSpeak is a show that dares to peek under the architectural kimono, exposing what architecture really is, what it is that architects really do, and show you why we are passionate about our chosen profession. I'm Evan Troxell. Join Neil Pan, Cormac Phelan, and me as we have a casual conversation about all things architecture, which includes all the stuff people don't talk about. Think you already know what architecture is really about? Tune in to find out. It's time for some Arca Speak. So yeah, episode thirteen. We are we are over halfway through our uh fiscal year here at Arca And
0: we have a, a positive balance
2: sheet now. That's right. Yeah, we're we're plus ten on that. Actually, that's we're minus a lot more than that. It costs a lot of yeah. money to do this.
0: <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and cormac has got a new mic, so um, there you that's go. Deal. So we got to pay for Cormac's new mic. So that's right. Um, no, it, it's been. This has been great. I've, we lo- I we I personally you know really enjoyed the feedback uh, from everyone who's listened, that's in, interacted with us on our Facebook page or through Twitter. Um, you know, it seems like, um, you know, it started kind of slow and, and has uh, been building lately. I mean, we've been asked to, uh, appear on some other podcasts and do some video podcasts. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an honor. I mean, we just kind of threw this together and just wanted to talk architecture, uh, like real architects do. And, uh, um, you know, it, it's been a lot of fun for us, and, and we, we hope everybody's been kind of enjoying the show. And, and please keep sending that, that feedback and, and giving us ideas and, and comments.
2: Yeah, you know, and we're working on some cool things for the future, um, some different things. And, I mean, the the last six months have flown by. I don't know about you guys, but I can't believe that we've already cranked through six months of this. It's been pretty cool.
1: I was telling my wife, I was like, you know, we've been doing this for six months. She goes, Really? So she's actually equally impressed that we've been doing this for six months. We've stuck to it. That's right. Every yes.
2: every two weeks, even working through vacation schedules. Yes, and exactly being on opposite sides of the country, scheduling. Everybody knows how hard that is. Um, <laughs> just scheduling in general. Just scheduling in general. True. So yeah, it's it's been cool, and uh, it's obviously been a learning experience. But I, hopefully, everybody has noticed that the. The production quality of the show has gone way up over the last six months. We've worked out the kinks and got a a good workflow going. And I don't know if you guys saw, but um, today, or maybe it was today or yesterday, Apple announced that through iTunes alone, there are over 1 billion podcast subscriptions. And that doesn't count, you know, Stitcher Radio. It doesn't count just people going to websites, listening to podcasts. None of that. So that's just through iTunes, and that's huge. I mean, I'm I'm really happy that we're a part of that. I think that's a cool thing.
0: We're, it we're like point zero 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 one percent of that number, but uh, it's an <laughs> hey, honor. It's fantastic.
1: It is, and um, you know, Evan, your uh, your uh, blog post um, on com about uh, podcast uh, actually. I uh, found a couple of new ones to listen to.
2: There's so many out there. Yeah, I <laughs> there mean, is. There it, is. There's some really good ones, and yeah, those. I put a short list on there at the end that just kind of talked about, um, you know, some of the ones that that are my favorites, and uh, some of them. You know, I I just like having having them there. Like I was on a plane flight going up to go whitewater rafting last weekend, and I, I must have listened to six of them uh as I as I was in the airport, on the plane, getting the rental car, and I, I just love the ability to have that stuff kind of on demand. Um it's really cool. I
1: think it's great because, you know, I I've, I've talked to a lot of people who over in fact actually over the past week I've been talking to people about our podcast and, you know, a lot of them are like, well I've never really podcasted before. How do you do it? And First, I tell them, you know, go to the website and, you know, you can either listen to it through there or, um, you know, now I actually have a a, a link to your um, blog that I can send everybody to to say, here's your step-by-step how to, to get started with podcasts. But um, I've talked to a lot of people who've said that they followed links through all sorts of different you know avenues, whether it's through iTunes, whether it's through, you know, things like business of architecture um and uh it it's interesting to get the reaction of people that i've known for you know going on decades and they're just like wow you know i mean this is it, it's almost a no-brainer that somebody should have been talking about this in architecture all along but nobody ever really does
2: well and we should also say you know there's there's been a few people out there who have really helped out you, you mentioned Enoch at the Business of Architecture uh, having us on there. Um, We were on Eric Bobrow's Marketing for Architects webinar. Uh, Our friend Bob Borson had a a banner on his site for the podcast, which helped a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jonathan Brown put a banner on his website, which helped a ton. I know that Mark LePage at Entrepreneur Architect Podcast mentioned ArcaSpeak a couple times in one episode. Um, He's also mentioned us in his eight architects that are changing things, uh, blog post that was huge. And so, you know, I think that we couldn't have done it without all those people where we are now. Oh, I think that that really motivates us to keep doing this. And you guys should all know that we've got a, a topic list that's, you know, 30 bullets long already. There's just so much to talk about. And you're right, Cormac. I, it, it seems like, uh, you know, if you have people asking you how to do a podcast, I mean we need more people talking about architecture. And so you guys can feel free to get in touch with us and, and we'll, we'll get you, we'll get you in the right direction. If you wanted to start a podcast too, it's not that hard. So I think that would be cool uh, to, to hear more people talking about their experiences
1: in the field of architecture. Absolutely. You know, and as we've all talked about in the past and through the various interviews of people asking us, well, why are we really doing this? And just the simple fact of getting, the voice of like your everyday architectural professional from the trenches um, really kind of helps kind of shake the myth that architects are this unapproachable, can't work with, you know, they they live in the clouds. And the ivory tower, actually. The yeah, ivory tower, that's, thank that's you. That's where I live.
2: But. Oh,
0: oh, that's
1: right, you do. Sorry. That's right. Okay. Carved it so it scratch that.
0: Well, he does live in Southern
2: California, so. (laughs) Yep, it's true. But yeah, I I think you're right. I mean, um, it has made it where it's kind of just made it a little more accessible for people. And that's really, I mean, that's our tagline, right? Giving you a a peek behind the architectural kimono. So it's been a fun six months.
0: Absolutely. Well, let's uh, look forward to the next six months and... Tonight, I think we were going to talk a little bit. Uh, well, tonight could be today when you're listening. Uh, some missed opportunities, and Evan, I think you you had some some experience you wanted to share with us about that.
2: Well, I, I missed opportunities is is one way to put it. I my I love this passage that I, I copied out of a book called Design as a Job um, by Mike Montero, and who also has a podcast that is on my list on my site that I posted today called Let's Make Mistakes, um, which is a great podcast. But um it's it's about compromise. It's about designing compromise into our projects before a client ever has the chance to make an educated decision about uh you know design options or you know the the what if question. What if what if we went this direction? Um and a lot of times, you know, I see people who are working on these projects um, and often very confidently express that the client will never go for that before even asking the client if they will go for that. Um, And so, you know, this is the passage. It says, always design the best choices. Compromises will always come later on down the road with much argument after much salesmanship but if you're coming to the table with a compromise in hand, even before you've tried selling your best work, you'll end up losing the client's respect, which you were so naively craving anyway. You can't design in fear. Don't throw the fight before a punch gets thrown. And that, when I read that the first time in his book, man, I mean, that resonated with me immediately. It's, it's our job to put the best solutions forward, even... the what some people would consider the crazy solutions because they just seem so far out there. Um, but if you really feel like it's the best choice, it's your job to put it out there. And, and I, I'm really tired of seeing people second guess their best choices before that option is ever presented to somebody who's actually going to make the decision. And yes, it might be you might have an argument, um, which isn't a bad thing, you might have to sell it to them really hard. You might have to make your client think outside the box, or ask them to. But if you're not doing that, then um, you're just going along with the status quo. And and honestly, we don't need any more of that out there. There's there's a lot of status quo out there.
1: Well, it's it's almost the philosophy of you know sacrificing for security because what's they're safe. Yeah, exactly. It's it's what's safe. What will the client buy without? you're right, without ever asking the client whether or not, you know, this was something the, you know, kind of like the far out idea that you're talking about was even something that was acceptable. I mean, you never know what you're going to get out of them if you don't ask. I mean, it's it's like we, all three of us are fathers and all three of us tell our children, you know, you won't know unless you ask. And it's almost the same thing with it's It is the same thing with clients. You'll never know if you... Don't ask them. Don't if you don't present the idea, the idea will never happen.
0: Yeah, That's very. Yeah, I was going to just say that I recently had that very same experience. I'm doing a a, a remodel, and um, it's, it's going to be a fairly, potentially a very significant one. And you know, I was sitting, I was sitting down, and you know sketching away one evening, and. You know, just looking, they they asked me for some some modern design, and so I was looking at some images and uh, saw some curved roofs, flat areas, and you know just some things that are very different. And it's certainly outside of the box of say their neighborhood, and um, you know, but they they had started down a path before and had something very conventional, and they didn't like it. And so I was sitting there thinking, well, you know, I could I could preserve. I I could go two different ways. And I did actually, I presented both ideas, you know, trying to maintain and preserve the existing roof or most of it to save money. And then I just, you know, did a couple of sketches of some really kind of out there, a little couple little sketch perspectives of, you know, uh, with some curved roofs, flat areas and, and, you know, something way out there, a little bit more modern, maybe too far out there for them. Uh, but just to gauge their, their interest, you know, they said modern, they showed me a lot of images that, had that in him and you know so it was like well we'll go for it you know take the shot it's, it, you've got nothing to lose uh other than maybe a little bit of your time but uh you know show them something a little outside the box and uh you know they might be surprised um and they may they may want to do it so you never know so you'd say yeah so don't handy like you said don't handicap yourself before you even you know you go into the into the meeting.
2: Well, have you guys heard the quote? I think Steve Jobs uh, has said this in one of his um, interviews, but he said, you know, good is the enemy of great. And at Apple, we have thousands of of good ideas, um, but we're really proud of the ideas that we say no to because we only like to say yes to the great ideas. And and so there's very few great ideas, and those are the ones that, that get... Uh, pushed and collaborated on, and and people there definitely aren't afraid of um, reinventing something, putting something completely different out there. Even when they release the iPad, they're like, we don't know how people are going to use this thing, but here it is. And then, I mean, to an amazing response, those app developers out there made things that no one ever dreamed of. Um, And that wouldn't have been possible if they didn't put this, what they considered a great idea out there. I brought this up to a colleague at work, um, that quote, and he he tweaked it. And he said, what I see more often is that good enough is the enemy of great. And I thought, that's a really interesting perspective to take. Because a lot of times, um, when, it's in, when you're designing and, and you're kind of in your own little silo in your office where everybody's very like-minded a lot of times you you might just do something just to get it over with quickly and it's it's good enough and that's when you really are not putting yourself out there you're not letting your client see the the what if because it's it's kind of you know you know it's you know it's going to work you know they're going to accept it and that is kind of maybe it's a status quo maybe it's a little bit above the status quo but it's not something that really um pushes your client's imagination. Those are my favorite stories. I have a couple of projects that I've worked on where, um, and I probably mentioned them on here before, but when you are able to have a client say, man, I never would have thought of that. Uh, and, and they get so excited when they, when they see it and they think about it and they can't wait to have that, uh, that project that that is nothing they could have ever dreamed of. That Those are the best stories. And that's you know, what drives me to to do good design.
0: And, and you know, to kind of illustrate that as an example, this client, same client I was referring to earlier, um, they were working with, I don't know who it was, some drafter or somebody, and they were kind of doing it themselves. And they, these are educated people, and they quickly realized, you know, after a while, I've had, they had a plan, they had some drawings, and they just said, you know, this isn't what we want. We don't know how to do this. And then I got a call and after our first meeting they were like wow we didn't even think of laying it out like this and it was like yeah i mean that's 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 what you're paying me for that's the value that i'm bringing to your project um and that's why it makes my fee worthwhile quick Uh, tell all your
2: friends yes
0: exactly (laughs) quick tell all your friends um you know and there's there's a long way to, to go on this project we're just at the very beginning but um I mean, that's exciting for me to hear as an architect that, and, um, that, I, that I'm doing, that I am bringing that value. Um, it kind of justifies and to, it just helps justify it to me and to, and to them, certainly as my client, that they're getting what, they, what their money's worth.
1: Well, to kind of roll that into what Evan's quote was talking about, that they were basically spinning their wheels with a lot of good or what they thought was good until they realized that they really didn't know what the hell they were talking about you know or just couldn't really pull the grade out of um what they were trying to do and that actually you know goes back to illustrating the value of an architect you know a home designer that uh you know has got a nice 3D uh package from home depot or whatever is going to give you just, you know, a kit of parts. It's the critical thinkers that, you know, we like to call ourselves that can pull the greatness out of things. Uh, So, so you actually illustrated to them that the good was there, but let's work together to make it great.
2: Yep. I have a similar story to Neil's where, uh, when I was doing design build with my partner Iggy, we had a, um, a client uh, through a through a friend of of Iggy's come to us who wanted to remodel their 1960s mid-century modern house. I mean, it was it had great bones, you know. Um, it was clear story windows, low pitched roof. It was it was you know a nice, really nice house. Um, but they wanted to add on. They wanted to give it a facelift, and they came to us with a set of plans, a set of drawings that were done by Bob's drafting service. I'm not kidding. And it was
0: not, not Bob Borson,
2: right? Not, <laughs> not that Bob. Yeah. No, okay. And uh, it, it was turning it into a typical stucco, um, changing the roof lines to give it gables and putting a tile roof on it. And that's what they thought they wanted. And they said they had, they had, a, they had a hesitation. And they came to us and said, you know, if if this was you, if this was your job, what would you do? And we, you know, this was 2005, 2006, I don't know, it was a long time ago. And we started feeding them Dwell Magazine and, and just saying, you know, just, just thumb through this and tell us what you think. We ended up doing a complete redesign, uh, a, a brand new edition giving their mid-century modern a facelift, new paint materials, but keeping all those bones. And my God, that project won design awards through the city. They got to walk up in front of all these people and accept that award. I mean, it was their house. They should be accepting that award. It was them who said yes to it. And they had the biggest grin on their faces. And it, and that's one of those stories where they're like, we we thought we knew what we wanted, but we really didn't. And, and all it took was a little bit of nudging in a different direction. Um, and they got something so much more out of it. I mean, they were they were on the job site helping make it because it was theirs, you know. It was very cool to go through that
1: process. Well, what are some of, you know, where we've talked about a couple of success stories where, um, you know, being able to push the, you know, Push the idea a little bit further kind of blows past those missed opportunities. But, you know, what are some of the things that we see kind of like on a daily basis that are examples of missed opportunities that are just left on the board and um, never see the light of day? I mean, what are, what are some of the, I guess I'm asking, what are some of the characteristics of things that we can, you know, like, The new student that's coming out of school or something can avoid, you know, habits of getting into kind of like the status quo and being able to push themselves further so that they don't actually leave those opportunities on the table that they've at least explored and expressed them and pushed them as far as they can. And, you know, whether whether they get shut down or not, and maybe that's it. It's a lot of people leave a lot of opportunities on the table because of fear. You know, it's, well, you know, I don't really want to push the client because then I might lose the job. Well, you never know if you're going to lose the job if you don't push the client. And, you know, your your example of the mid-century house, you push the client because the client wanted to be pushed. And look what happened. You've got an award-winning design.
2: Yeah, you know, you I— didn't
1: th- leave it on the table.
2: I think that— um well, there's a couple things. I uh, one one thing is that um, number one, you do have to get the client comfortable with having those kinds of conversations, and a great way to do that is to ask open-ended questions. One of the things that I like to do when I'm working with a commercial client or a or an entity is tell me about your company and tell me something that I can't find on your website. And and it, it makes it immediately more personal, and they start opening up to that. Okay, well, it, I never thought about that. Um, well, you know, we're really we're really big into sustainability or whatever it is. Um, and here's what we're doing. We're trying to get lead for existing buildings, and they start going down this path. Okay, so you guys are really into environmental stuff, sustainable stuff, lead. Um, what else? Um, and, and if you start asking these kind of questions and and, and if you finish off the question with what else, um, it really does open up the opportunity to have these conversations and start to figure out what the right questions are to ask. Because I think a lot of times clients come to, to us with something in mind. Um, I was working on a project where There was travertine marble that was going to fall off the building and they wanted to replace it with tile that looked like travertine marble. And I started asking him these kind of discovery questions, trying to find out more about them to see where this project could go. And they opened up and they started talking about their identity and where they want to be in 10 years and how um, they're trying to change the way people perceive their company. And, And it's like, okay, guys, we have an opportunity now to do all that through architecture. And do you think that that the board of directors for that company ever thought they could do that through architecture? No, they did not. They thought they could do it through advertising, right? And so I think that it's times like that when someone comes to you with a potential solution and you have the ability to ask different questions than they're used to asking, um, asking good questions, um, questions that have never been asked of them before. That get, opens up their mind and start gets those gears turning and starts to take away um, those times when, when you're just like, okay, well, they asked for for a tile to go back on the building. I guess we'll do tile. Because um, I, I think a lot of times we don't, ask the right questions. And so we just do exactly what they said. And, and then we perceive them as being happy. And then we move on to the next project. And, and we never were able to transform their entity into something better, something that they wanted it to become, but never thought they could do through architecture.
0: Well, Evan, I think that you could also turn that around and say, you know, for in Cormac's uh, question, you know, for that person that's maybe new to the office or coming out of school. Uh, you can ask those very same open-ended questions to your bosses or your coworkers that you're working with on a project. Um, ask those same questions because you know if they haven't asked them, uh, they may not have an answer, or maybe they have, and they'll be able to talk to you, or maybe that'll um, you know spur some conversation in, as to where a project could go and and lead to you know maybe you get to tag along in a meeting more often. Um, because, you know, you're, you're you're thinking and you're asking questions. And I know when I was managing projects, I appreciated that, you know, from people working with me on projects. Um, you know, think, ask questions. Um, early, that, that's on. What, early, early on. Early on, yeah.
2: That's yeah. the best time, man, because, I mean, and that's what's great about having a diverse team, uh, you know, a team of people of all different backgrounds. And, you know, that's the time when you kind of get to to – put everything out on the table and then you can kind of pick and choose from all of these ideas, but there will be people from a, a different, they'll, they'll have a completely different perspective. They can throw something out there and, uh, and, and it could, it'll definitely be something you've probably never even considered. Even if you're, you're not in front of the client, you're just in the office just kind of shredding the idea. That's the best time to do that.
0: Well, you know, also too, um, I think that, uh, sometimes offices will i think many offices will get into a rut um, they kind of they've established a, a you know a workflow a way to do things and it works for them and they just keep doing it and nobody really thinks uh, well we could maybe do this a little differently so I'm kind of blending um you know the idea of you know how do we design around or you know for some some missed opportunity uh, possibilities, but I'm also thinking just you know, within how a workflow goes uh, in an office to generate uh, designs and or you know, production documents um, or construction documents, I mean. Um, so sometimes asking those questions like, oh, well, why do we do it this way? Because you know, like you said, Evan, everybody has different experiences and um, you, know, you may have worked in a different office and somebody might have done set up a drawing a different way. And it'd be like, well, oh wow, hey, maybe that is a better way. Um, so you, so you know, ne- you never know. But you know, a warning, caution, warning. You know, judge, judge your coworkers and judge your uh, uh, work environment before you start rocking the boat too much.
1: Well, I think one of the things that is kind of evident in both of your responses to what I was asking about is constant communication is really the key to avoid these missed opportunities that we're talking about it's engagement of the client engagement of the you know creative team you know in engagement of even you know simple things is like you know what is the new materials out there and things like that what are we you know what can we pull into this project that you know is uh, new and exciting that people, you know, may or may not have heard. I mean, because, you know, you're talking about, well, they just wanted travertine tile, but you gave them a completely new identity by kind of steering them in a direction that really was beyond what they were thinking about. And it was through this constant dialogue, making them, you know, not, you know, a lot of times it's just like, well, you know, we'll, we'll involve the client as much as we can, just to make them feel like they're involved and attitudes like that will typically kill. It it will be the project of missed opportunities. It will be this just good. So, so maybe okay. Fine building, Um, you know, or nice, which was always that killer word in studio, (laughs)
3: Um,
1: you know, Oh, what do you think of this? Eh, It's nice. (laughs) <laughs> to me, that was the worst word ever. Tab in um, the heart. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, it was be, um, you know, it's that constant conversation that you always need to have with the entire team, and that everybody is on equal bill, you know, on equal footing with what's going on with the project, and that um, for it to be a f- truly successful building, it's. Got to have input. It's got to have dialogue from everybody that's involved.
3: Well, um, and, and,
1: and okay, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and in, in both of you were illustrating that point to a T. As you know, both with uh, Neil, what you're talking about with your new clients in this house, and you know, and Evan, you know, you basically reshaping a marketing aspect for them. I mean, these were things that. If you hadn't, if either one of you hadn't engaged them, they would have never said, huh, we would have never thought of that. And that, huh, we've never thought of that is golden.
0: Well, you know, another member of the team that you're talking about is uh, involved your local jurisdiction, you know, who's ever uh, doing the project um, in that conversation as well. Uh, as an example, today, um, I went and spoke with the local jurisdiction on this particular project and discovered um, that with um, the way the municipal code is written, we could do a side turn garage and move the house forward uh, another 10 feet. And, you know, so that suddenly, wow, okay, but that that totally changes what they were expecting or hadn't yeah. even considered.
2: Paradigm shift, right?
0: Complete paradigm shift. And so we may or may not go that way, but we may go explore some ideas that that uh, opportunities that that may give us. But it's like if, if I hadn't engaged with the city and spoken with them, then, you know, maybe none of us would have known this. We would have gone ahead and just, you know, plowed on through giving them, you know, what they think they wanted. Um, so that, again, that, that could potentially could have been another missed opportunity. So, you know, I'm trying to go into the project exploring all possibilities. And I'm, I I you know, I'm not perfect. I may not get all of them, but uh, you know, but doing my best to get as many um, you know, opportunities explored in the beginning so that we end up with a great project. And I think that's ev- what everybody should be doing on any project.
1: You know, I want to share this with you cuz you know, we keep saying the word opportunity over and over again. And I've got another project that's just about to start um, construct or actually has started construction a couple months into it, but we're just really starting to come out of the ground. The construction manager on the project, um, the superintendent, he loves it it, rather than saying, you know, Hey, we're going to have a problem here because this is a problem. You know, this is one of those projects where it's a, Evan, you'll, appreciate this a phased while occupied project yeah. which means that we're going to be playing musical chairs with the kids in this you know in this school to get them basically out of uh the way for new construction
2: yeah call it a a uh,
1: cube yeah complete complete project that's just a you know a pain but he doesn't like to call them pains he likes to call them opportunities and you know when you really sit down and you look at it They aren't really pains. They really are opportunities to come up with something creative to be able to get beyond what we would have considered as a pain and actually be able to make it an opportunity and make it work it out a lot easier. Isn't that the classic glass half full or glass
0: half empty sort of attitude?
1: Well, he is, he is, uh, I've never known how to answer that question, but I will say this. He is a definite optimist, and and it's a, it's refreshing to to have somebody like that because he is somebody who is engaging everybody in the conversation to make them opportunities and not to make them pains. That's a positive uh, positive thing to have on your team.
2: Yeah, and there's nothing better than work. You know, you look forward to working with that person. Oh, absolutely. And they look forward to working with you. And I mean, there's there's nothing more exciting f- as a as a designer on a project to have a client who is so excited about their project. Um, And and if you can invigorate that to happen, um, I mean that, that makes the job so much better and so much easier in so many ways. Um, They, they end up pushing you in, and and it started out with you, you trying to elevate the conversation and, and, and a lot of times they'll surprise you and, and elevate it right back up. Get you thinking pretty cool.
0: Well, hopefully with uh, the comments tonight or comments in this episode, we've got everybody thinking and, uh, and, um, you know, please give us your feedback on, on what you guys think. And, um, and, and also too, uh, you know, what do you think of the first six months that we've been doing this and, uh, what, what would you like to see in the next six months?
2: Yeah, I would like to know what, what, uh, what's your favorite episode? I mean, what, what topic have we, hit on that really hit home for you at, at that time. I mean, it's, I'm sure that, you know, like I said, there's so many things we could talk about, but it's kind of cool to find out what other people are, are into and and what they liked.
0: Yeah, definitely. So uh, with that, um, if you have any questions and comments, please visit the website at arcaspeakpodcast.com or at our individual Twitter accounts, which you can find on the website and also follow Arcuspeak on Twitter and visit our Facebook page. Engage us there if you can. And we need more friends. And we do need more friends. We kind of have this battle going between t- Twitter and Facebook. They're almost equal. That's right. So which, which one of our followers are going to push it over the edge and, and really push those numbers? So, uh, so let, let's see what happens.
2: And then remember, too, that you can become a true friend of the show um, by going to Podcast. Dot com slash donate and we will read your name on the air and again thanks to Eric Jens and Enoch Sears of the Business of Architecture Podcast for sponsoring this show. Um, you guys are awesome. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Alright? Okay, great.
1: Thank you. Thank you guys.
3: I joined the choir to sing. They're all competing for some other thing I join the choir to sing I join the choir to sing They're all competing for some other thing I join the choir to sing I'm